Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Welcome to the Film Entrepreneur Podcast, episode number 54. When someone betrays you, it's a reflection of their character, not yours. Anonymous. This is the Film Entrepreneur Podcast, where we teach you the top strategies, tactics, and growth hacks that every indie filmmaker needs to know to make money with their films. We are the podcast that puts the business back into show business. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Film Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your humbled and quarantined host, Alex Ferrari. Today's show is sponsored by Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, how to turn your independent film into a profitable business. It's harder today than ever before for independent filmmakers to make money with their films, from predatory film distributors ripping them off to huckster film aggregators who prey upon them. The odds are stacked against the indie filmmaker. The old distribution model of making money with your film is broken and there needs to be a change. The future of independent filmmaking is the entrepreneurial filmmaker or the film entrepreneur. In Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, I break down how to actually make money with your film projects and show you how to turn your indie film into a profitable business. With case studies examining successes and failures, this book shows you the step-by-step -step method to turn your passion into a profitable career. If you're making a feature film, series, or any other kind of video content, the Film Entrepreneur method will set you up for success. The book is available in paperback, ebook, and of course, audiobook. If you want to order it, just head over to www.filmbizbook.com. That's filmbizbook.com. Before we get started, guys, I set up a special link to help people affected by the coronavirus, and you can donate to Feed America. There is a lot of people in need out there, and Feed America is a great organization, and they're helping millions of people on a daily basis, and they also need your help. If you want to donate even five bucks, 10 bucks, it goes a long way. Head over to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash help. Now, guys, today I have a very special show for you because I don't generally talk about things like this, but you know what? I think it's something that needs to be addressed publicly to be able to help you film entrepreneurs and filmmakers avoid some mistakes that I've made and I've seen others make as well. Now, many of you have read my book, Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, where I discuss creating multiple revenue streams from your film that are different than just a traditional, you know, getting the money from the exhibition of your film, whether that be theatrical, rental, or sales on SVOD, TVOD, and, and so on, but trying to create multiple revenue streams outside the normal traditional model. And one of those revenue streams is online education. And online education is exploding 
many, many people now want to learn online. And because of COVID, there is a lot of need and want to learn online because of obvious reasons that people are quarantined and staying at home or afraid to go out and catch the virus. Now, there's two ways of creating revenue streams through online education. One, you either create your own courses uh, that you host yourself and you keep 100% of the profit through companies like Teachable, Thinkific, and Kajabi, uh, where they're just basically a platform and they don't take a percentage, generally speaking. Or you could go to uh, existing marketplaces like Udemy or Skillshare and post them there because they have massive audiences that you can uh, tap into, but they do take a percentage of those sales. Now, I'm going to talk specifically about the company Skillshare. Now, I joined Skillshare years ago uh, and just started putting up a couple of courses, uh, some older courses that I had, um, you know, about my short films and things like that, just to see what would happen. And I was pleasantly surprised that I started to build an audience on the Skillshare platform. And I started selling more and more courses or getting at least generating revenue. Excuse me, they don't sell on on Skillshare. It's a subscription-based model. Um, So I would be able to generate more and more revenue month after month. And I started seeing my month after month revenue grow and grow and grow. Now, I started adding more courses and more courses uh, over the years. So anytime uh, I wanted to add another course, I would put it up on the Skillshare platform and so on and and just kind of throw it up there to see what would happen. And I kept growing and growing to the point where I gained over 5,800 students and was being followed by almost 1,400 other students uh, and had over, had I think it was over 100,000 minutes viewed of my courses on the platform, which made me one of the larger uh, instructors in the filmmaking space. Now, what was amazing was that Skillshare actually reached out to me to start creating custom courses for Skillshare, some exclusive courses for Skillshare. Uh, And I was so busy doing so many other things that I kind of didn't really, uh, I talked to them every once in a while, but like, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. But I I kept getting emails again and again from these people. And we were actually in talks uh, with Skillshare to start creating, possibly creating some new courses exclusively for the platform. Now, one day in December, all of a sudden, I woke up, I got an email saying all of my courses were gone, closed, shut down, ripped off the platform without warning, without any anything. And I was just shocked. I was like, what's going on? I went in there and all of my courses had been pulled off. And I'm like, what is going on? So I reached out to Skillshare multiple times uh, and didn't get much of a response. So I finally got somebody to respond to me. Then I went and then I started contacting the people who wanted me to make custom courses for them. And they they were like, I don't know what's going on. Let me check. Because obviously one side of Skillshare does not talk to the other side of Skillshare. Obviously. So I got I got finally got this kind of boilerplate email saying, oh uh, you violated a couple of our uh, terms of service so we've shut everything down and you're no longer on the platform. And I, I, was just, I just emailed them back, like, why, what, what's wrong? Can you tell me what I did wrong? No, they couldn't answer that question. I go, can I do something to fix it? No answer to the question. They absolutely just shut me out. And it was so infuriating because I had been a very good partner with them for so long. I just didn't understand why they did this. So 
later on, like, I, you know, I just kind of put it away because it wasn't a massive revenue stream for me, but it was a little bit of money every month. So it was still annoying that I, I, that I was just pulled off. And then I started to do a little research a, a month or two later, and I found out that I wasn't the only one. It seems like that there was a change of ownership or change of the guard, if you will, at Skillshare. And that new, the new regime came in and systematically just deleted and purged hundreds, if not thousands, of instructors without warning and without explanation. Why? Because they wanted to. They didn't have to explain anything. Why? Because it's their sandbox. It's their platform. So they just got rid of you. And I was, in, I was part of that purge, if you will. So I kept finding out other instructors were having the same problems and all this stuff. And I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted to share with you guys lessons that I've learned in my travels in, the, in this online space or using other people's platforms. Now, Skillshare is just the latest example of it. Back in the day, uh, probably a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, Udemy of another popular online course decided to change their pricing structure. And because they changed their whole business model, which you as an instructor had no control over, uh, your revenue dropped, I think, anywhere between 30 to 40% over the course of uh, instantly, actually. And it lasted for about six months until they finally caught on that it was not working. And they decided to switch everything back. And when they switched everything back, it was fine. But for those six months, um, I lost about 30 or 40% of my revenue. I had no control over that. This is very early on uh, when I was just coming up in the, uh, you know, with Indie Film Hustle and building it all up. Now, again, it's not my sandbox. It's somebody else's sandbox. So I really had no control over any of the pricing of my revenue. What I did, I had no control over it. The biggest example of this is Facebook. Back in the day, we're talking about maybe eight or nine years ago, when you had, let's say, a thousand subscribers or excuse me, a thousand followers on a Facebook page, when you would post something, it would get to 70 or 80% of those people automatically because they were following you. And entire businesses were based around this concept, around this infrastructure. Overnight, Facebook changed their algorithm and all of a sudden, out of those 1,000, you might get 50, maybe 25 people who would see your posts. And now you had to pay to access the audience that you were building. But once again, because you were building it on someone else's platform, you have no control. Another example, YouTube. YouTube has built an entire business and infrastructure and empire on other creators creating content for them. But again, when they want to pay you or not pay you, algorithms change. All of a sudden, if you had, um, you know, you if your videos were a little bit off color, had a lot of cursing in it, you got penalized. They never said that before, but all of a sudden, that's what they did. Why? Because it's their their house. They can make the rules they want. So you have to be very conscious of this when working with other platforms. I'm not saying you shouldn't work with other platforms. Just understand the risks involved with working with other platforms, especially in the online education space or in YouTube or in Facebook. So if you spend 
hundreds of thousands of dollars building an audience on Facebook, and if tomorrow they decide to change things like they have in the past, multiple times actually, you've wasted all that money. Would it make more sense for you to build your own community, your own uh, connection with your potential customer and have control of that relationship as opposed to giving that control to someone else, to another platform? That's why it's so important to build that email list, to be able to have a real connection to your potential customer and community member. Because if they're in Facebook or if they're in YouTube or if they're on Skillshare, you know, a lot of those students that were following me on Skillshare, overnight, it was gone. All of it was gone. And they couldn't get a hold of me unless they really start searching for me. And in today's world, why are they going to do something like that? There's just too much other stuff going on in the world. So I lost that connection with 5,800 plus students because Skillshare decided to act the way they did. So I plan to never, ever use Skillshare again, regardless. And I will tell everybody listening not to use them again because of the way they treated their instructors. They had no no, no conscience when it comes to just, all they had to do is just drop an email. I'm like, hey guys, we're going to change things. And right now, as we're reviewing your courses, it seems like some of them are not meeting up to the standards that we like. So we're giving you 30 days to fix it, update it, so we can continue our relationship. That's all that needed to be done. And then you could choose whether, yes or no, you want to be part of it or not. But they just decided to completely purge without any questions. Why? Because it was easier for them. It wasn't easier for the, it wasn't, it wasn't built for the instructor. It was built in their interests to make them do whatever they wanted to do with their platform. And that's fine. It's their platform. But don't sell yourself Skillshare as a platform for instructors to go in there and provide value to other people and that you're with them when you treat them like this. It's wrong. So I did, I did uh, if you have read the book, I did recommend them as a platform in the book. If you're hearing this, obviously you know I do not recommend them anymore. Udemy, when they were going to make their changes, they warned everybody what was going on. And they let you know, you still had no choice in the matter, but at least they had communications. It was horrible the way Skillshare treated their instructors. It was absolutely atrocious. Because I know, look, if my entire business would have been wrapped around Skillshare, I would have been done. Overnight, all of my revenue would have gone. That's why it's so important to create multiple revenue streams from multiple different platforms and different ways of making money from your online business and or your film projects. But thank God I wasn't in that case. That I, you know, it stung a bit, but I kept moving on and it didn't stop me. But imagine, and I know for a fact, there were a lot of instructors who built their entire world on Skillshare. And all of a sudden, overnight, all the revenue was gone. And all that goodwill, gone. And connections to their customers and to their students gone. So I wanted to put this podcast out to warn you all about the potential of working with other other platforms and to be aware of the risks. They're still very, 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 very um, positive. You can generate a lot of revenue uh, on other platforms like Udemy and then creating your own platforms like on Teachable, Thinkific, or Kajabi. 
and building up your own courses and controlling your customer experience 100% and you writing the rules because you're creating your own sandbox. But at the beginning of your journey, the lowest hanging fruit is Udemy, is Skillshare and those kind of platforms because they have a built-in audience that you could just tap into right away. But it is definitely low-hanging fruit. You will eventually graduate to another platform. I know guys who have built their entire business on um, Udemy and Skillshare. But then they started, even these big guys who are on those platforms making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on those platforms, started to realize a while ago that, hey, if these guys shut down, if these guys change the rules all of a sudden, I'm screwed. So they even, even those guys I've noticed and I've been watching have started to build up their own platforms, their own membership sites, their own courses on their own situations, whether it be on Thinkific, on Teachable, or Kajabi-style websites. Because they realized it. Oh man, if this goes away, I'm done. So be very, very aware of these partnerships and these platforms when you start putting up online courses, online education, uh, or working with social media platforms, how much you invest in those certain in those uh, social media platforms about building their audience on those social media platforms. Be very, very aware of what the risks are and not to go all in on one platform only. I know a lot of my buddies who are big YouTubers understand this completely, where their entire business model was based around ad revenue. Well, when YouTube changed that model, they they were screwed and they were scrambling. And also like Amazon's affiliate program. Amazon's affiliate program used to pay out obscene amounts of money. I used to do really, really well back in the day on Amazon on one night, Overnight, they changed everything and dropped the commission. And all of a sudden, people who had their entire livelihoods wrapped around affiliate marketing for Amazon went bust. And let's not even talk about Amazon Video On Demand or Video Prime, where before they were paying 15, 20 cents, 30 cents an hour, and people were making thousands upon thousands of thousands of dollars on Prime. Now, it's one cent to 12 cent. And the 12 cents is like the top, top, top notch people in films. Most people are now making a penny to two pennies. If you even stay on the platform, because Amazon's another another company who just all of a sudden gone. If they don't like your movie, purged. What are you gonna do? It's their play, it's their sandbox. So that you have to play by their rules. Nothing you can do. So be very, very aware of this. And I hope this episode has helped you. Uh, just have a little bit more um, awareness of what is going on in this world, in this part of the film entrepreneur method. If you want links to anything we spoke about in this episode, including an article backing up everything I said from another instructor who had the exact same issue and had, had the same thing happen to them, uh, just go to the show notes at filmtrepreneur.com forward slash zero five four. And guys, I also want to let you know that I am going to be stopping doing a weekly episode of the Film Entrepreneur Podcast, and we're going to be going to bi-weekly. So every two weeks, I'm going to be releasing an episode of the Film Entrepreneur Podcast because I am switching things around. I'm adding some more content, some other places, and there's only so much time I have to dedicate to podcasts. I already have three podcasts going on right now, 
and I need to adjust. So I'm going to be doing this bi-weekly and making them as powerful as possible when they get released. So you won't get one next week, but the week after and so on. And it might change in the future, but for right now, we're going to be doing it bi-weekly for the Film Entrepreneur Podcast. So just a heads up so you don't get upset when you do not hear a new episode next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, be a film entrepreneur. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Film Entrepreneur Podcast at filmtrepreneur.com. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.